This is a WXIN production. Welcome back to the Speak My Peace podcast. I am your host, Reese Trotman, coming back here another episode, yet another week. And we got a lot to dive into today in this hour program that we have together. Let's get right into it. We're going to talk a lot of football because there's been a lot of splash around football. There's been a lot going on, especially down there in New England, man. Bill Belichick's acting like a whole different breed, man. He's out here signing players, giving out all these contracts, all this money. Like he's just he he got money to blow. So we're going to get into that. We're definitely going to talk the NCAA tournament. I'm going to run through the entire bracket and I'm going to tell you everything about this bracket. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win it all. I'm going to tell you everything about it. Every single thing I'm going to tell you um, in terms of the NCAA tournament. It's such an exciting time for for sports fans because the NBA, they're back from the All-Star break. They're back in gear. You know what I'm saying? It's about to be the playoff push time. You got March Madness. NFL free agency is going crazy. Like, this is a great time. Baseball done started up. You know, baseball's kicking. Um, The NHL's also kicking as well. So it's just a lot. A lot of, lot of stuff to, to talk about. So we're going to dive right into it. So again, like I said, NFL free agency. Been a lot of lot of splash. You feel me? A lot of, lot of different signings. A lot of players going to a lot of places. Now, the New England Patriots. I mean, I've never seen Bill Belichick act this way in my life. In my in my entirety of my life, I've never seen Bill Belichick act this way. This man is acting a fool. He's acting a fool with all this money. He's spending like he's never spent before. Now, let's get into all the players he signed so far. So he signed Janu Smith, four years, $50 million contract. Matthew Jundin. Four years, $56 million. Nelson Aguilar, two years, 26 mil. Kendrick Bourne, three years, 22.5 mil. He signed Cam Newton to a one-year, 13.6 mil dollar deal. Jalen Mills, four years, 24 mil. Trent Brown, he acquired him through a trade. Davin Godchucks. He got him for two years, 16 mil. And then they went and signed another tight end in Hunter Henry, 37 mil for three years. 25 of that 37 is guaranteed money for the young tight end. Those are all the players he done signed in, in, in less than 48 hours. And they said in under 24 hours, Bill Belichick has given out over $137.5 million in guaranteed money to all those players I just named. This man, Bill Belichick, is spazzing right now. He's going nuts. 
And and the reason this is such a big deal is because we don't see this happen from the Patriots too often. It's usually they keep it in-house. They re-sign a lot of guys. They get some low-key signings, and that's it. That's it. We we like we don't see Bill Belichick and the Patriots spend a lot of money. We don't see them go all, go all out for free agents. We don't see them go for big names. They usually try and keep it in house, resign everybody, and get the low key guys that you know aren't going to cost a lot. Are going to take team friendly deals? Who got something to prove? You know what I mean? Like we don't see Bill Belichick spaz like this. We don't see Bill Belichick give out one hundred thirty seven million dollars in guaranteed money. We just don't. So when it happens, yes, it's going to be news. Like, that is crazy to me to think about. Wow. Bill Belichick just woke up and said, you know what? I'm about to bless some people today. I'm about to give out some contract. You dig what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm really about to, you know what I'm saying? Give some people some bread. Some bread. And and not only that, the man, like I said, it's been it's been three days and he signed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight players. He acquired eight players in three days. Bill Belichick is going crazy. He's spazzing. I think honestly, this is what I believe. This is the reason why um, I think he's getting all these players. One of them is that he realizes the roster he had last year was disgusting. It was garbage. Like, if we're being completely honest, the Patriots roster from top to bottom was pathetic. It was pathetic. They had a lot of guys missing on defense because of Corona injuries and just they had to let people go. On offense, it was abysmal. Their wide receiving core was terrible. It was trash. It was bottom of the league. Running back, trash. Quarterback, eh, Cam Newton could have done better, but he also played like trash. Like, the whole roster, top to bottom, was trash. Now, yes, I am surprised that Cam Newton is back on the Patriots. Believe me, I am. But I guess Bill Belichick is saying, hey, look, we're going to run it back, and I'm going to get you some people. He got this man two tight ends, a wide receiver that can stretch the field, and then he picked up some defensive guys. Oh, yeah, and by the way, he traded for some protection on the offensive line. So Bill Belichick said, nah, I'm not going out like this. We're going to run this back. I'm going to get you two tight ends, two wide receivers, and, uh, one offensive lineman, and then I'm going to beef up that defense a little bit. I'm going to get a cornerback. You feel me? I'm going to get all that. Bill Belichick, again, he saw that roster. He definitely looked at it at the end of the season and said, nah, we can't go out like this again. We got to make some improvements. And we got the bread to do so. I'm going to do it. And then I also, I truly believe Bill Belichick, I know he says he ignores it. I know every player in New England, they're trained to say, oh, yeah, we ignore the outside noise. We don't pay attention to the outside noise. We don't pay attention to all those people. Da, da, da. But you do. But you do, though. You dig what I'm saying? Everybody does. You're a human being. You have ears. You have eyes. You have a phone. You have social media. Maybe not Bill Belichick with the social media, but he has a phone, he has ears, he has eyes. And you know what? He has other people around him who have ears and eyes. So I know he heard about, first of all, the disrespect that he was getting after uh, Tom Brady won his, his Super Bowl. I know that for sure. I know the success of Tom Brady 
I know he heard about the noise, the chatter, the people, the disrespect that people were putting on Bill Belichick's name, the how people were downplaying him. And he said, you know what? You know what? Nah, I'm not going out like this. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to sign some people. You know, the disrespect that people were putting on Bill Belichick also as a GM saying that he's cheap. He don't sign nobody. He can't draft well. He can't do none of that well. And yes, while Bill Belichick is cheap, while Bill Belichick, drafting-wise, he's been god-awful. But this year seems to be different. This man said, you know what? Forget all that. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go crazy. And I'm going to just spaz. I'm going to start signing people. And it's not like he just signed anybody. He signed good players. Like, he signed Jalen Mills. That's a good player. The, the young stud in Hunter Henry, that man is going to be a very, very good tight end. And the other side, Janu Smith is a great tight end. That's a great tight end. Like, all these players, Nelson Aguilar, yes, he's not the best wide receiver. He's definitely not no number one, but he can stretch the field. You know, it seems that he's gotten over his drop problems. Kendrick Bourne, he's got a lot to prove. You know, he's a pretty good wide receiver as well. He's a complimentary piece. Like, the Patriots decided, not even the Patriots, I think Bill Belichick by himself decided, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to do it. Because I, I, I just, you know, I'm tired of the disrespect. I'm hearing anything. And like I said, I know Bill Belichick. I don't care what he says. I know he looked at that roster and said, this roster is terrible. This roster is disgusting. Like we need to <laughs> we need to get better or or we need like we need to figure it out. But yeah. I know for sure. This man looked at the roster and he said, yeah. It's time we get better. For sure. For sure, for sure. But there's other people, you know, in this world I want to talk about besides the uh the Patriots, we're going to talk about my Saints. First of all, the Buccaneers, they definitely try to win it back. Now, I, the, the, the thing I want to talk about with the Buccaneers is I heard uh, one time, you know, or, or one week ago, they wanted to re-sign Leonard Fournette. Now, there's been some whispers going on in the organization that they want James White. And the Patriots want Leonard Fournette now, apparently. So I don't know what's going to happen with all that, but I do know that... Um, the Patriots, if they get Leonard Fournette, that would be huge, huge help for them. That will take a lot of pressure off um, Cam Newton in that offense for sure. And it will give them a viable running game outside of Cam Newton for sure. Um, the Browns, you know, they sign John Johnson, the third. Now, I don't know if if. Too many people know about John Johnson the third, but that's a dog. That's a dog at the cornerback position. Let me tell you, that man can lock up um, for sure. Now, some of the other big signings I want to talk about. Um, the Jets signed Corey Davis, wide receiver from Tennessee. The Jets now officially have him, signed him. Um, Bud Dupree, he's now a Titan now. My Saints... My Saints. We're going to talk about my Saints a little bit later. Not right now, though. Uh, the Washington football team, they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick as their next quarterback. 
We call him Ryan Fitzmagic um, in the NFL circles. Do I think that he's going to be um, a help to them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I think that they become a Super Bowl contender? Absolutely not. Um, I think it's crazy to even put them in those talks, even though, yes, the defense um, on that 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 Washington squad is very scary for many reasons. And here's why. They're young. They got chemistry and they all under contract. That, that's a scary combination for any team. I don't care if it's defense or offense, but that's a scary combination. When you got young players, they're under contract, and they got chemistry. Mm-mm. That, that's scary. But it's that offense I worry about. You think what I'm saying? And yes, the defense still needs to get better, but the offense I worry about too because I'm like, I don't know. Because Ryan Fitzmagic, you know, we talk about him and we talk again, we say Fitzmagic. We, you know, it rolls off the tongue and it's great. And, you know, it's such a great story and it's funny and it's all that. But at the same time, I don't think people realize this dude can be real inconsistent. Like he can turn into Fitz magic or Fitz tragic really quickly. And it all depends on the flip of the dime. Like he can really go from, oh, man, this dude's slinging it out there to man. This dude needs to get off the field. Like, I don't think people understand just how. Like, not even inconsistent, because it's not that he's inconsistent, it's just. You just don't know which Ryan's Fitzpatrick you're going to get. Like I said, you can get Fitzmagic or you can also get Fitz Tragic. And the crazy part is when you get Fitzmagic, it lasts for a while. But when you get Fitz Tragic, it also lasts for equally as long. Like there's no like, OK, he's Fitz Tragic for a few days and then he's going to be back to normal. Like, nah, you're going to have Fitzpatrick for a while. Like he's going to be tragic for a while. And like so I just don't know. And also, again, you know, while it's a plus, it also is a minus. Yes, this is a young team, an experienced team. Yes, they went to the playoffs last year and they got a lot to learn from it. But, you know, what I'm saying um, definitely this team, they're not a Super Bowl contender. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's not a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I don't think he can lead a team to a Super Bowl. I think he's a great, you know, plug quarterback that you get. As, you know, a placeholder, you know what I'm saying? Why are you trying to figure it out? Why don't you get your quarterback of the future? You put Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. He's going to win you seven to ten games. Um, He may get you to the playoffs. But, you know, he's not winning you a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? He's not out there to win you a Super Bowl. He's out there to be the placeholder, to make sure the offense runs smoothly until they can figure it out. Um. And I feel like that's what, you know, happened in this situation. Um, other free agent news, Mark Ingram, he's headed to the Texans. Um, we saw Greg Olson and Thomas Davis say goodbye to the league. Um, we saw that. That was that was a sad moment um, for the Carolina Panthers. And just, you know, if you know the people that Thomas Davis and Greg Olson are, you know, those are two great men that played very well in the National Football League for a very long time and did it at a very high level. So it's sad to see, you know, guys that I grew up watching go. But, you know, it is what it is. It is the game of football. You know what I'm saying? And father time is undefeated. I don't care what people say, even though Tom Brady is, you know, 
starting to make it seem like Father Time might be like, you know, infinity in one. You know what I'm saying? But his time's coming too. Um, other signings: the Giants they they re-sign uh, Leonard Williams. You know, which they needed to do. And okay, this this is this is the signing that really kind of just it, it didn't make sense. Like. <laughs> it just didn't make sense. So the Bears, right? They went and signed Andy Dalton. Like that that's their quarterback for the next couple seasons. Um That's terrible. Like that's awful. Like I, I feel bad for Allen Robinson cuz Allen Robinson's like, bro, y'all y'all keeping me around because y'all made it seem like y'all was about to go out there and get Russell Wilson and you didn't like you failed like the 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 word on the street was that they was talking the the Seahawks were interested a little bit and then the Seahawks were like eh you know what never mind so the bears apparently they made this push for Russell Wilson and it didn't happen and then they go sign Andy Dalton like that's their quarterback. I, I honestly, I'd rather you run it back with Mitchell Trubisky than get Andy Dalton. Like, let's be honest. What is Andy Dalton doing that Mitchell Trubisky ain't? Like, Andy Dalton probably gonna go out there and do the same thing Mitchell Trubisky did. Like, he gonna win you a couple games. He gonna throw a lot of picks. Probably get benched a few games, then come back play well, then get benched again or throw for some more pit. Like, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm livid. Because they they don't don't now the Bears organization like they did them dirty they sold them a pipe dream like they sold them a dream like yeah we gonna go get Russell Wilson and then they sign Andy Dalton like the Red Rocket ain't even the Red Rocket no more like it's Andy like you know what I'm saying back when he was with the Bengals yeah that was the Red Rocket Andy Dalton was was that dude you know he was balling. But now it's just it's just Andy Dalton. Like, it's just the backup from the Cowboys that played well enough to somehow get a starting job in the National Football League again. Like, I just, I don't know. Um, the Texans, they signed Tyrod Taylor to a little one-year deal, $12.5 million. Um, people are like, oh, is this a sign of getting rid of Deshaun? Absolutely not. No. This don't mean nothing. This means Deshaun Watson, if you get hurt, we're going to plug in Tyrod Taylor. Simple. That's all that means. Don't look into that too much. Um, Same thing with the Dolphins. They signed Jacoby Brissett. Um, They signed him to a little one-year deal as well. This does not mean Tua's getting benched. This does not mean Tua's going to have to fight for his starting job. Again, this means Tua. If you decide to get hurt again, and I even decide, but... If you get hurt again, we got you a little backup. Um, yeah, that's about it. Now, another, you know, speaking of, let's let's jump back to, because I know we were talking about the Chicago Bears and we were talking about Russell Wilson. Now, let's talk about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Now, Russell Wilson, he's been pissed off with the franchise because they're not getting him no help. Like, you dig know what I'm saying? They haven't got him an offensive line. They're not getting him nothing. And you know what I mean? I see right Russell Wilson is starting to get frustrated and he's starting to voice his frustration. Before it was, oh, Russell Wilson, humble Russell. You know what I'm saying? Nice guy. Don't want to step on nobody's toes. Just go out there, do your job and let the, you know, let God and everybody else take care of the rest. 
And now Russell Wilson's like, nah, I'm tired of being humble. I'm tired of just going out there doing my job and letting everybody else take care of the rest because everybody else is not taking care of the rest. And Russell Wilson's tired. Like, he's tired of getting knocked around, beat up, having to scramble and run for his life on every play. He's tired of that. He's tired of not getting no help. Um, And this year it's happening again. So they decide... Well, at least it looks like they decided, you know what, we're not going we not gonna uh trade you, Russell Wilson. So in my head, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm thinking, okay, if you're not gonna trade me, that means you're gonna you're gonna give me some pieces. Like you're gonna give me some weapons, you're gonna sign some some O-line guys, or you're gonna do something. Like you're gonna make a way. You're gonna trade for an, uh, you know better offensive offensive line guys. You're gonna do something for me. Um, if you're not going to trade me, you know, I'm of that mindset if I'm Russell Wilson and all they do is just let a bunch of guys on defense go and they've signed like nobody like <laughs> the, the 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 Seahawks have been one of the more quieter teams in the free agent pool. Um, and not to mention the fact that, by the way, most of the offensive linemen, like the valid ones, the top tier offensive linemen that were on the market are gone now. They've been signed by people, mostly New England, or they've been traded or stuff like that. Like, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm pissed. Because not only, right, are you not going to trade me to a better situation, right? You know, you, you, you entertain the trade talks and then you shut them down. You say, you know what, Russell, you're here and you're here to stay. So not only do you do that, but also you want to be quiet in free agency? It's like, nah, bro, come on. If you're not going to trade me, help me out. Simple. It shouldn't be this hard. Like it, it, Russell, Wilson, Russell Wilson, especially what he's done for that franchise and how he has carried himself as a humble, quiet individual that goes out there, grabs his lunch pail, does his job, and goes home. And again, now he's starting to force, I mean, not force it, but he's starting to voice his frustration. And now everybody got a problem with that. And now he's getting vilified for it. And I hate that because it's like, nah, you know, when he just did just shut up and play, y'all had no problems with it. But now that he's tight, you know what I'm saying? And as he should be, because again, if you're not going to trade this man to a better situation, get him some help. And what have the Seahawks done? Absolutely nothing. They're not even trying to go out and sign him nobody. They're not even trying to go out and trade for Like, they've made no splash, but they let Shaquem Griffin go. Let him walk. Went to the Jaguars. Like, they just letting dudes go. They letting dudes go out and get paid elsewhere, you know? Now, most of the offense are turn wide receivers and stuff like that. They all under contract, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um... And, you know, the core of that defense, Bobby Wagner, all them, they're still under contract. But still, you know, your secondary already wasn't great. And then you let Shaquem Griffin go, who was arguably your best corner. So talk to me. So if I'm the Seattle, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm like, so Seattle, talk to me. What you finna do? Because you're not finna trade me. You don't want to sign nobody. So I guess you, you what? You just got this, you know, this sense that this draft is, is going to be bussing? All of a sudden, and you're going to have all these, these these great draft picks this year? I hope so. Because if I'm Russell Wilson, like I said, I'm livid. You're not going to trade me. You, you're going you're gonna to tease me with the idea that you're going to trade me. You're going to entertain these talks, and then you're going to shut them all down. Like, nah, we was just playing around. We was never even going to trade you. We were just entertaining it just, to, you know, just for the fun of it. 
And then on top of that, you're not even go out and go sign nobody. Like they haven't signed an offensive lineman. They, I don't even think they've tried to sign an offensive lineman. Not to mention the fact that, like I said, they not getting Russell Wilson no type of help. And they letting all these dudes go on defense. So it's like, how are you going to sit up there and talk to my dog that way? And, 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 and say, Russell, you know what I'm saying? We're going to do everything we can to help you out. And then do nothing. You quiet. So quiet. If we're not signing nobody. I just I just feel bad for Russell. You know what I'm saying? It, it's starting to get to the point where I'm about to start, you know, using that hashtag, like hashtag free Russell. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it's getting bad in Seattle for him. And I truly, I truly believe that there's more dark days to come in Seattle. I don't think this is going to be a pretty season for Seattle. And I think it's going to end very ugly uh, for both sides. Um, I truly believe that. Um, but moving on anyway, back to more free agent news. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, a former saint. It didn't really work out in New Orleans. Um, I'm sad to say that that happened. I'm sad to say that it didn't work out. I wish it did. I really wish that um, he could have been a more like vocal part of the offense. I thought he was going to be, especially when Michael Thomas went down, how he was out for like six to eight weeks. So I figured, okay, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to shine in this offense. And it just never really happened. Um Unfortunately, it just didn't like it never panned out the way everybody thought it was going to. At least for me, I thought, you know, he was going to be a great complimentary piece to Michael Thomas. And it just didn't work out that way Um, for whatever reason. But he's with the Bills now. He signed with the Bills. Another one year deal. Um, You know what I'm saying? I think he's trying to get a ring. I really do. And I think he believed he was going to get one with New Orleans and it didn't happen. So I think he's just on to the next one. I truly believe that's what's going on. Now, the Buffalo Bills, this is a great signing because their wide receiving core was already strong, but now it just got even stronger. Like, it, like, the Buffalo Bills are looking very scary. Like, they're looking like a team that I don't think many people want to see. Like, honestly, I don't think anybody really wants to smoke right now with the Buffalo Bills. This receiving court is stacked. First of all, let's just run through the whole roster. We got Josh Allen at the QB position. Devin Singletary, he's a very good running back, solid running back. Then we get to the wide receiving court. You got Stephon Diggs, the number one wide receiver. You got, I'm assuming Emmanuel Sanders is going to be the number two. And then you still got Cole Beasley to worry about. And the rookie last year, Gabriel Davis, he showed a lot in his um, rookie season. I expect him to be better. And then at the tight end position, you still got Dawson Knox, who's doing his thing, who's balling out, who, who played extremely well for that Bills team. This Bills squad is scary. Adding Emmanuel Sanders, like... That does so much for that Bills team. I'd like to see them sign more players on defense, but adding adding Emmanuel Sanders to that already pretty good uh, receiving core, yeah. That because now I I expect Cole Beasley's going to go off because you're going to have to respect Emmanuel Sanders. You already got all your attention on Stephon Diggs and you got the, the the former rookie Gabriel Davis. He's going to his second year. He's going to be a lot smarter. He's probably going to play a lot harder. He started 11 games. He got a lot of good reps in with Josh Allen. I assume their chemistry is just going to get stronger. Like this, this team could be very dangerous offensively. Very, very dangerous. 
But uh, moving on, the Lions, they signed Jamal Williams. You know, that's a good little running back pickup for them. The 49ers, they made history. They re-signed offensive lineman Trent Williams, offensive tackle, excuse me, Trent Williams, to a six-year, $138 million contract. I love to see the big boys getting paid. Um, Makes me happy. And a signing that happened, it was kind of breaking news coming into the to the uh, the studio this morning. AJ Green, he's officially signed a one year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, this is I like this signing. Um, I don't know what the future is with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, so bringing in AJ Green, a veteran wide receiver, is nice. But if they do keep Larry Fitzgerald, it makes it even better. Um, you know, they already got D-Hop. You put A.J. Green on the other side. You put Larry Fitzgerald in the slot. That team looks pretty good. Not going to lie. To me, it's it's all up to Kyler Murray. What kind of jumps is he going to make? What kind of improvements is he going to make? Um, and stuff like that. But so far, the biggest splash, like I said, has been the New England Patriots in NFL free agency. Um they are they are making a lot of splash plays. Um, same thing with well, the Buccaneers. They're not really making splash plays, but it's more like they're just trying to re-sign everybody so they can run it back. Um, but the the Patriots, man, they yeah, they trying to do something this year. They they don't want to go below five hundred no more. Um, and I think Cam Newton is going to play better with better weapons. Like, I know that seems like, oh, wow, two plus two is four. But it's like, um, yeah, with Cam Newton, when he has a trash wide receiving core, he's probably going to be trash. I can't lie. Like, if you're if your wide receivers are last in the league in separation, like if they literally cannot get open. Yes, you're going to throw a lot of picks because guess what? You got to force a lot of balls in there. Like you got to force footballs in places that. You know what? You got no business throwing a football. Like, it's that simple. Um, so, yes, with better weapons, I believe Cam Newton will play better. And if the, the Patriots could somehow add Leonard Fournette, that's a pretty respectable offense right there. Like like I said, I just think Bill Belichick, he, he heard all the noise. He heard all the chatter. And he looked at that roster up and down and said, nah, this roster is god awful and we need to improve it. Like, Simple. Like I said, the, the fact that they won as many games as they did, I think that's a testament to Bill Belichick and his his coaching. I really do, because I, I don't think they had any business winning as many games as they did. But we are coming up on the half hour break here. Um, you are listening to the Speak My Peace podcast. Again, I am your host, Reese Trotman. We are going to be right back after this quick commercial break. Um, please stay tuned and thank you as always for tuning in. We're never switching to Christian Rock. I want to talk to you today about the power of the blessing. And today we're going to do something kind of special for you. Can you guess why? Because God made you special. 90.7 WXIN For the best local pizza, look no further than Big Tony's Pizzeria at 525 Eaton Street, Providence featuring daily specials and free delivery until 4 a.m. Get a whole pie or just a slice at the home of the Gangsta Rap. So call in at 401 
490-0000. For a slice of the local favorite, Big Tony's. Often imitated, never duplicated. Just because we're off campus doesn't mean we're offline. 90.7 WXIN, bringing you your favorite hit from Six Feet Away. Again, everybody, welcome back. For Thank you all for chilling with me. I am your host, Reese Trotman. You are listening to the Speak My Peace podcast. And now we're we going to continue talking about the NFL. But now we're going to get to some sad, sad news, right? At least it's sad news for me. My New Orleans Saints. There's just a whole lot of tragedy that, that's been going on lately. Uh, <laughs> and my my New Orleans Saints, I am a, for those of you who don't know, who those of you who are new to the podcast, I am a diehard Saints fan. I bleed black and gold. That is my team. You dig what I'm saying? Above all else, it's Go Saints. It's Who That Nation. All that, right? Now I've been a I've been a Saints fan since I I've been watching football. I've been watching football since I was five years old. Um, I was nine years old when Drew Brees won a Super Bowl. I was six years old when Drew Brees came to the Saints. Um, I don't remember Drew Brees getting uh, signed to the Saints. I don't, or excuse me, not signed. I, I don't remember the 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 trade that happened. I was only six years old. I don't remember too well the trade that happened. I just remember that season. I just remember seeing a guy with the last name Brees wearing number nine, who was kind of short, who a lot of people talked about. I remember my dad was talking about he's kind of short. He's got a bum shoulder. Not sure if he's going to make it in this league. Um, you know, this is kind of his second chance, you know, and we'll see what happens with this guy that we signed named Sean Payton and to be the head coach. We'll see if they, you know, match up well together and they're able to create a, you know, a player coach chemistry. And the rest is history. Like I said, I've been watching Drew Brees as long as I've been alive. You know, I, I've been a Saints fan and all I know is Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? A lot of players have come and go. Or excuse me, come and go. A lot of players have, I, I, for you know, a lot of players I've fallen in love with on the Saints, and they've left. A lot of players have retired from the Saints. A lot of players, you know, they come here, it's a big hype. They don't really work out. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of players have just done a lot for this this franchise, but Drew Brees is something different. Drew Brees. That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could always count on, you know what? We may flip this entire roster, but Drew Brees is going to be here next season. And Drew Brees is going to put up MVP numbers next season. And Drew Brees is going to do his thing next season. I don't care who you put on the roster. You dig what I'm saying? I don't care what names you add to that offense. Drew Brees is going to put up 30. Drew Brees is going to have the highest completion percentage in the league. Drew Brees is going to be top five in yards every single season that he's he is kicking in the NFL. And then this season came. You know what I'm saying? Well, well we're not even going to get to this season yet. But and then, you know, 
we we had this little four year, five year window. Um where it was like it was the most uncomfortable conversation in New Orleans, but it was a conversation that everybody knew needed to be had. And it was the elephant in the room, not even elephant in the room, it was the elephant in the building. Like, OK, right. We've had a lot of great years with with Drew Brees. He has one Super Bowl, right? He's been balling out every single season, every single season, no matter who's on that roster. He puts up crazy numbers, right? Every single year, he's always first or second or top five in every statistical QB category, right? But like I said, the elephant in the room around 2016, 2015 was, okay, this man Drew Brees, he's getting old. You feel me? Like, it's almost time for him to go. So let's get this man a Super Bowl. Let's let's get this man a Super Bowl. Not even that. Let's just get this team much better. So Drew Brees, again, consistent as ever. But Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis, the GM for the Saints, got in their bag. And they said, okay, let's draft people, right? Because we already had Cam Jordan, right? Cam Jordan was a staple. You know what I'm saying? But they said, let's draft Marcus Williams, Marshawn Lattimore. Let's draft us... um, you know, some more players that's going to help us. Let's draft Trey Henderson so we can have someone on the other side. You know, and it's sad, too, because Trey Henderson, he's now a Bengal because we didn't want to resign him. But <sighs> let's draft all these players. Let's go out and make some trades. Let's go out and sign Demario Davis in free agency. You know what I'm saying? Let's bring back Malcolm Jenkins. So we did all this, right? And we had this little four-year window. Four-year window, in my opinion, uh, to get a championship. The first year of that window, heartbreaking loss. Heart, heart heartbreaking loss. (sighs) Known as the Minnesota Miracle, or the, the Miracle in Minneapolis, or whatever you want to call it. Caught by Diggs, touchdown. Saints go home. That's after we fought back and we were down by 16 in that game. But we go home, right? The next year, okay, bounce back. Bounce back here. You know what? Let's use the Minnesota Miracle as motivation. The next year, we get to the NFC Championship game. One more game, and you know what? We're in the promised land. (laughs) No passive interference called. Nothing. Not a single thing. Um, <laughs> we faced the Rams. And they, like I said, no pass interference. Nothing. Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis goes for a little uh, out route, kind of. Drew Brees throws it on a dime. It's on a fade. He gets rocked. He gets popped before the ball is even close to him. And the refs call nothing. But that's okay, because you know what? We still have Drew Brees, so we're going to be all right. And our defense is getting better every single year. So then the next year comes. We go to the Vikings, right? Excuse me, the Vikings come to us. It's a wild card game. You know what? And the thing about that is 
We fumbled. We should have had the number one seed in the NFC, but you know what? We couldn't tackle George Kittle. <laughs> Simple. Couldn't tackle George Kittle. So guess what? Uh, we couldn't tackle George Kittle in the regular season. So guess what? We played the Vikings in the wild card in the postseason. They come to us, right? Everything's supposed to be great. Everything should be fine. We should beat the Vikings, no problem. And this team is one of the most dangerous wild card teams in, you know, most recent postseason history, right? Saints, oh my gosh, they're still the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. And plus, we got that man, Drew Brees, right? Kirk Cousins. In overtime, throws a deep ball to Adam Thielen, catches it at the one-yard line, gets tackled, right? Burnt, got burned, uh, excuse me, burned um, cornerback Kevin Crawley on the play and P.J. Williams, right? The very next play at the one-yard line, goal line fade on P.J. Williams. P.J. Williams is a 5'10 quarterback, cornerback. He weighs about... 189 pounds. Kyle Rudolph is 6'5", 250. So at the one-yard line, Kirk Cousins throws a goal line fade. In overtime of a wild card game, Kyle Rudolph catches it in the corner of the end zone. You know, the toe-tap challenge, all that, the whole nine yards. And they win the game. The Vikings move on. Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints go home once again. And then we get to this past season, right? Because, again, we bounce back because we got Sean Payton and we got Drew Brees. So everything's going to be all right because we're in the Big Easy and we're going to take it easy in the Big Easy. So we coast through the season. You know, we add some pieces. We bolster up the, you know what I'm saying? We add Emmanuel Sanders. Like I said, we brought back Malcolm Jenkins. We re-signed a bunch of players. We bring in uh, Quan Alexander, a great linebacker who played well for about four or five games before he blew out his Achilles. But we bring in all these guys, right? We bring in Janoris Jenkins, the Jackrabbit. He led the team in interceptions and pass deflections. You know, he made his mark on the team, Right. Not to mention the fact that we go all in and we go about $40 million over the salary cap limit. So not only are we all in, but we're also all in debt. If you're the Saints. So we go along. We do our thing, right? We coast to the regular season, get the second seed in the NFC, right? And the NFL finally gets their matchup, Brady and Breeze in the playoffs. Now, it would have been nice to see Brady and Breeze in a Super Bowl, but you know what? The next best thing is putting Brady and Breeze in the divisional round of the playoffs, right? And let's let's back up a little bit more, right? The Saints, they looked a little iffy against the Bears, but they ended up smacking the Bears in the second half. It It was a murder, right? Playoff football, right? Beat the Bears. The Patriots, uh, excuse me, not the Patriots, the Buccaneers, right? They're facing the Washington football team. The Washington football team, they put up a good fight, but they were just no match for Tom Brady and the Bucks, right? And Antonio Brown does his thing in that game. So then, like I said, the stage is set. The NFL finally gets its long-awaited matchup of Breeze and Brady in the postseason. So... Just like two great quarterbacks, two goats going at it, 
It's back and forth. It's a heavyweight matchup. You know what I'm saying? They each getting they knocks and they blows in, right? The Saints, we came out the gate fast. The Bucks started a little bit slow. Second quarter comes. The Bucks, they pick up a little momentum. Saints, we lose a little bit of momentum. And then the Bucks in the third quarter start to dominate a little bit. And then Brees says, all right, wait a minute. I'm not going out like this. And he rallies the troops, right? And then Jared Cook fumbles. And then Brees throws a pick six. Down go the Saints. In a divisional round, Brees versus Brady. Brady goes on to win a Super Bowl. And then Brees, he goes on to the offseason. And everybody wants to know, is he going to retire and is he not? And then we get to a couple, excuse me, three days ago to be exactly, on March 14th. <laughs> One, two, excuse me, two days before Tom Brady resigns with the Bucks. March 14th, it broke, the news broke around, I want to say... 11, 12 in the afternoon. Drew Brees retires from the National Football League. And that's it. That, that, is, that is it for Drew Brees. That is the career of Drew Brees. And here's what makes me sad. Because Drew Brees... He will never get the respect, the credit, and the validation he deserves because his lack of winning two Super Bowls. It's just like it's just always gonna be that. Because if you look at every statistical category as a QB, Drew Brees is either number one, number two, or top five. And Everything, touchdowns, completion percentage, QBR, like completions, yards, everything that you can think of that literally makes up the statistics for a QB, Drew Brees is either number one, number two, or top five. And what also makes me sad about the career of Drew Brees is because we didn't put enough as the Saints organization, we didn't put enough talent around him in enough time. We tried to give Drew Brees a four-year window to win a Super Bowl. And I know people are like, well, that's a lot. But you cannot rush the Super Bowl process. You either are a Super Bowl team or you're not. You can't buy a Super Bowl. You have it has to come about naturally. Now, yes, I know people. Well, what about the Bucks? The Bucks went through their struggles. They earned that Super Bowl. All right, first of all, they had to play three of the top greatest quarterbacks of all time. They had to play Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers to win that. They earned that Super Bowl. And yes, I know they went out and got all these free agent pieces because of Brady and because that's what Brady wanted, but they still earned it. And they still had to go through their ups and downs. And they built the chemistry from the ground up. 
especially with no no training camp, no offseason workouts, no no preseason. They built that chemistry. They earned that Super Bowl. They worked for that Super Bowl, even if it yes, it technically didn't come about naturally. But, you know, because of all, you know, they kind of bought a championship. But at the same time, they had to make it work. They had to work out the chemistry. They had to get in the lab and actually be like, all right, who wants this? But with the Saints, we didn't give Drew Brees a top 10 defense until he was almost out the league. You know, the Drew Brees has only had a top 10 defense seven times. Tom Brady's had a, or excuse me, not even seven. Uh, he's had a top 10 defense, I believe, four or five times. Tom Brady's had a top 10 defense 13 times. 13. There's only seven years where Tom Brady didn't. There's been more more years where Drew Brees didn't have a top 10 defense than when he did. Uh, Drew Brees, besides Michael Thomas, has had zero um, Pro Bowl wide receivers. Michael Thomas was his first one. He was throwing to Brandon Cooks. I mean, I don't count uh, Jimmy Graham as a wide receiver. He was a tight end. But other than that, he was throwing to Darren Sproles, Jimmy, uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, Reggie Bush, Marquise Colston. Um, Devry Henderson, like these are guys, unless you really watch football, you're not going to know them too well. And not to mention the fact that none of those guys made the Pro Bowl. Um, we just didn't put enough around Drew Brees with enough time. And it just makes me sad because if we let's run through the accomplishments of of Drew Brees. He's a 13 time Pro Bowler. He's been the offensive player of the year twice. He's uh, made the first or second team all pro five times. He was Super Bowl MVP. He's won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. He won Comeback Player of the Year in 04. He's the second most. He has the second most career uh, touchdown passes in NFL history. He has the most uh, career passing yards in NFL history. He has by far the most uh, career passing completion percentage in NFL history. So he's the most accurate quarterback. He throws for the most yards. And he's the second highest scoring quarterback in NFL history. And he's also been the offensive player of the year twice. That resume is beautiful. Oh, yeah, by the way, this guy, right, he never won an MVP, got robbed. I mean, there's there's been so many years where at least he should have won an MVP once. But he didn't, and he never got that second Super Bowl. And because he never got that MVP in that second Super Bowl, I always feel like Drew Brees is never going to get the credit he deserves. He's never going to be... And I've already seen it now. I've seen it on so many things like ESPN from different analysts and, and on Fox Sports and stuff like that. People don't want to put Drew Brees in that top five, you know, top three QBs of all time just because he didn't get a second Super Bowl. And it bugs me. It, it really does. Like, it, it gets me so angry. And yes, there is a little bit of bias because I am a Saints fan. I'm a diehard Saints fan. And Drew Brees is my quarterback. Always has been, always will be. But come on now. He's the most accurate QB in league history. 
He's thrown for the most yards in league history by far. He's the second highest scoring QB in league history. Like, the statistical numbers speak for themselves. The All the accolades speak for themselves. The only thing the man don't have is an MVP and a second Super Bowl. So that puts him in a tier below everybody else. And it just, it just bothers me. It just bothers me. It really does. Um, it And it's just sad. It's just a sad day for New Orleans. It is. Because on the one hand, it's like, oh, thank you, Drew. But it's just like, man, we really let you down. I, I truly believe that. I truly believe as a Saints organization, we let Drew Brees down. We wasted his talent. And then we were like, oh, crap, this man's about to retire. Let's try and rush a Super Bowl his way. And it just didn't work. It just didn't work. We folded every time. We choked too many times, especially in the playoffs. And like every playoff loss was just so demoralizing. And it all started with the Minnesota miracle. Like that. And it also it speaks to Drew Brees' greatness, the fact that even still he's able to bounce back and play better and better. But we still couldn't get the job done. And it, it just breaks my heart for Drew Brees. I mean, I, I do love that man. Like, it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to see him go because, it's like I said, it's just like he was the one guy. Like, okay, you know what? E- even Tom Brady left New England. But my quarterback, Drew Brees, he ain't leaving the Saints. He ain't leaving the Bayou. Like, he's going to be in the Big Easy. And now it's just like he's not there. And now we got who? Jameis, the 30 for 30 guy, you know, the guy that threw 30 picks and 30 interceptions. We got Jameis. He ain't no Drew Brees. And not only that, now you're seeing half the guys is getting cut because, like I said, we $40 million over the salary cap limit. So everybody's getting cut. Drew Brees is retiring. Everybody's deal's getting restructured. And it's just like... We, we had one chance to bring the, we, we had a four year window to bring this man a Super Bowl where it was like we were a top team in the NFC. We were a top team in the NFL every single year for those four years. And we didn't get it done. And it just I look at it and it makes me so sad. But it is what it is. Life goes on and. I guess we're just going to have to roll with Jameis and we'll see how that goes. But Drew Brees, hats off to you, my guy. Great career. Thank you for everything you did for New Orleans, for me as a New Orleans Saints fan. And, you know, I wish the best of luck to you in your second chapter of your career and your life as you end the first chapter um, with your playing days being over. But. Man, I just I feel so bad. I feel so sorry for Drew. And um, I just wish the Saints could have got him his second Super Bowl. Like there's just nothing more I wanted to see happen was then to see Drew Brees get another Super Bowl. So then it could finally validate him as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to ever um, play this game. And he always will be the one of the greatest of all time for me. But. You know, 
you know, it, like for me, it would go it'd go Brady's first, and then Drew Brees is right next, or right behind him, you know, and number two. But it just oh, it just bugs me. Like yeah, it don't y'all don't understand because y'all ain't really Saints fans like that. But y'all don't understand. Like I watched this man pick apart defenses since I was nine years old. Like I I watched this man do this for a living, like literally just embarrass defense. Keep in mind, right? We would have prolific offenses, like top five, top 10 offenses. And for years, the Saints were like, we were five and 10. We finished the, the season like with six wins, five wins, seven win seasons. Like we were God awful, but Drew Brees was still there. Like he was still making the plays. He was still top five, still highest completion percentage in the league. Like Still throwing mad touchdowns like it, it. It just I don't know. It just it it gets me so upset just to see the man leave this way, and just the the failures like the f- past four years have gone so badly in the playoffs. It's just it's disgusting, honestly. But again, I tip my cap to you, Drew. Great career. Thank you for everything you did for New Orleans. Thank you for helping me become a New Orleans Saints fan, the greatest organization in football. And yes, that's a biased opinion, but I don't care. I stand by it and I will continue to stand by my team. And Jameis, just please don't mess this up. Like it, our, our roster is already looking slow. Our, our season's already looking not too great. Just just please make it interesting. So like I don't have to cry the whole season. I don't have to go back to the Saints being terrible every single year. Like let's just, you know, just try and make it interesting. Just try. But anyway, let's move on. Um, I had to give my soliloquy about Drew Brees. I had to give it its own segment like I had to. But we're going to move on quickly. We're, we're coming up here on the end of the show. But I just wanted to quickly talk about March Madness. Um, I'm not giving no predictions. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even going to give you the predictions round by round. But what I will say is this. All I'm saying is watch out for Michigan. That's all I'm going to say. Watch out for Michigan. I expect them to be at least Final Four. At least. Like, if they don't go Final Four, I'm going to be shocked. I really am. Um, But, yeah, this, this Final Four prediction thing I'm I'm done doing it because I always get it wrong and I'm always way off at least with one team like one team I always predict to go to the final four gets upset in like the first round or the second round and then I you know one team just comes out of nowhere and it's just like I'm always wrong so I'm done trying to predict what's gonna happen um I just like to enjoy the games at this point but Definitely. I got Michigan going far. I don't have Alabama going far. Um, watch out for UConn. That's a sleeper team. Uh, Clemson's another team. That's a sleeper. Uh, Texas also as well. Um, people are high on Oklahoma. I'm not very high. I'm not high on Iowa either. I don't believe Kansas has the tools to get it done. Uh, Florida State, all that. Like, I just, I'm not high on some of these bigger names. Illinois, I'm, I still got to see that. Like, I, I don't know yet. I don't know how they're going to play. Um, I'm still not sold on Illinois, but we'll find out. We soon shall see what those dudes are made of down there. But, um, yeah, folks, that's, that's all I got for y'all today. Y'all enjoy the, um, 
the the March Madness tournament that's going to be going on. I'll be back next week. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about the NBA, the trade deadline coming up in the NBA. We're going to talk more NFL free agency next time. All of that. Um, Drew Brees, once again, thank you for a, a great career with the New Orleans Saints. Um, appreciate everything you've done. All that. Um, and I want to thank y'all, the listeners. Thank y'all for listening to the Speak My Peace podcast. I am your host, Reese Trotman. I'm going to sign off here until next time. Y'all take care. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All that. And let's just get through all this together, man. Take care. I'm out.